Let's take a deep breath in and breathe in compassion for ourselves. Let's take a deep breath out and breathe in compassion for others. Welcome to Insensical with Starchild and Riri. I'm Riri. I'm Starchild. Hey, y'all. Hey, how you doing, Starchild? I'm doing fine. I want to hear about this new phone you got. Oh, God. What's that about? Well, we'll get into it, but today's show is going to be about health, so I think <laughs> that's important to preface <laughs> my, okay. my not love for phone because, but I needed better service. I'm, we're, I'm recording live from my shed in the Central Coast somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> and it is spotty service at best because it's country, y'all, so... I had to get a new phone just to make sure that people could hear me and, uh, you know, my text messages went through. There's nothing more frustrating than trying to go on a rant and have your, your, your service drop and you have to repeat (laughs) the rant. It's no fun, but yeah, so, (laughs) so yeah, so I got a new phone, um, it's pretty nice. New phone, who dis? Yes, exactly. New, sh- new show, who dis as well, but new phone, who dis? My, I don't know. I'm not getting paid to tell anybody who my phone is, so I'm not going to say what brand or anything it is, but it's pretty nice. It's futuristic, and I, I was, like, blown away because I bought a new phone not that long ago, but I'm, like, slow to change. That's that's how old I am. I'm like, yeah. I'm 35, and I'm already crotchety, like, I don't need a new phone. <laughs> I bought one two years ago, and that's all I'm gonna need. Uh, <laughs> My husband's always you like, you are, You're like a 70 year old <laughs> in a 20 year old's body. <laughs> it's true. But, you know, my husband kept pushing me. He's like, we need a new phone. These phones are really bad. And so we got new ones. And this phone, I tell you, is like intelligent. It can hear what I'm mm. saying and suggest things for me. I was at the pediatrician and I was talking about my appointment and I looked down at my phone. It's like, would you like to make an appointment for that time that you were just talking about? I'm like, oh. That is so rude, actually. Yeah. I want my phone to mind its business. Like, stop listening to me, actually. It's supposed <laughs> to be helpful, but it is spooky. I'm like, how do I turn this off? It's like, you can't turn me off. <laughs> Sorry, Riri. I'm, you cannot I'm turn me off. <laughs> it's like that movie, Space Odyssey, right? No, yes. Yeah, Space Odyssey, two, yeah. 2001. It's like, I'm sorry. Sorry, Riri. <laughs> I'm like, ah. But um, let's see what else does it do. It It is really, like, the camera is so good. I actually saw my pores and wrinkles for the first time in a photo I've taken Aww. with full sun. You know, normally I'm like, I can get the lighting right. And I'm just like, with my old phone, it would smooth me out. <laughs> and I'm like, look how good I look. But this one, my husband's like, take a picture. Let me see you. And I took a picture. I was like, ah! Is that a pore? <laughs> I have pores on my forehead? No. No. Well, you will find they have filters now. So you can oh, okay. like, what pores? <laughs> Those don't exist anymore. <laughs> Where's the 23-year-old filter? I need to get that oh, on yeah. there. They got those. I don't <laughs> take a picture without filters. Until oh. I can afford some... Um, uh, what is it called? Some fraxel lasering. It's all mm. about the filters. Mm-hmm. Well, I was always wondering why. <laughs> you um, and your kids. Because I'm gorgeous. You and your kids. Your eyes looked always so big and beautiful, and your like lips what? and nose it's were natural. Of course, it, I thought it was. 
me well, back here in the 2010s that oh, oh look how beautiful going, then. <laughs> look how natural that's why everybody's is. so beautiful now mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why it is shocking when i go outside i'm like Ugh. <laughs> not what you look like everyone's yeah. lying to me but anyways yes. The, the world is full of lies. It's true. Um, you know what? That's a really good segue into health because <laughs> I recently found out that I know nothing about health. You know, oh, I, I, I could have told you that, girl. But I feel like it's a level up because I started out thinking I knew everything and then went through so many experiences recently in like the last year or six months that have shown me I know nothing. And I'm like, now I'm ready. I'm ready. But you know what that means? When you realize you know nothing, that Mm -hmm. means you're becoming wiser. That's what I feel like. I feel much wiser, much more, you know, susceptible to. When you realize you don't know everything, that means you're actually getting closer to knowing more. Yes. Exactly. It's very zen. I'm sure Confucius probably said it better. I need to go look up (laughs) that quote. (laughs) You can quote quote yourself right there. Quote me on that. Star child quote. <laughs> <laughs> we're wiser because we're we know nothing. But it's true exactly. though. It's true. I mean, we talk about particularly like my health, my birth story. You know, I wanted to have a home birth. I'm very natural and into like alternative and holistic health therapies and treatments. Um, I'm into herbalism. I love crystals. I got one in my pocket because I feel like it keeps me healthy and safe. And I don't discount any of that, but like literally that's not the only information that a person needs when making health choices. And you work in the medical industry, you know, you're in the field, you work at the hospital and you were trying to tell me, girl, don't do it. <laughs> it's dangerous. It's not a safe. And I'm like, oh, I've read these books and I know, you know, especially like as a person of, a person of color, a black woman. I was like, I'm going to refer to my white friends with large hips and <laughs> I'm going to look at them and say, they all have home birth. Why can't I have a home birth? You know, my well, white midwife. Like, yeah, totally. Think, like, because we have, um, you know, first world mm-hmm. medicine, people yep. don't realize how dangerous mm-hmm. getting pregnant is. Just in the last hundred years, the progress we've made in delivering babies is incredible. You don't realize so many women died just from childbirth. Children died, women died. And so you don't realize how dangerous it is. But, but the anyway, information is out there. Story. The information <laughs> is out there, you know? And so, okay. But so you I want to take risks because you don't realize that the risks, the risks are so, um, so great. You yeah. don't hear about it. Well, so you don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's a really complicated issue because one, there's not a lot of trust in the um, established institutions right now and for good reason the internet has shown us how full of shit everyone is and so it's like well yes. do i trust the doctors do i trust WebMD? do i trust any of these people but like yes. the proliferation of documentaries that are like on whatever subject they just seem so like authoritative right they seem so legit so you're like of course i watched the business of being born and ricky lake said i could have a baby at home and he was like that must be true <laughs> And so it's just like word of mouth and documentaries and the YouTube and, you know, the websites that you like to visit aren't necessarily like the resources you should be looking into in terms of health. And so for me, that's all I looked at. I read the books that my, that my circle, my bubble recommended to me to read and um, looked for the information that only affirmed my 
already established views and it really got me into trouble because I found out that my pelvis is too narrow to pass a baby vaginally and I went into labor and labored for four days with no progress. Fortunately, I made it to the hospital, but I had to have a C-section and after my C-section, I had a hemorrhage and almost died and that's what was killing people in you know, childbirth back in you know, the 1800s, all the way to like the 18, 1960s, like women were dying from hemorrhages, um, from laboring too long and, you know, not having medical intervention. And then fortunately I survived. I'm here right now. I'm not haunting the, the airwaves. <laughs> we remade it. <laughs> but like afterwards, I'm taking a health class and I'm like looking up all the statistics. My doctors even tell me like a lot of women die from childbirth. Re, uh, star child tried to tell me a lot of women are dying she's like i'm seeing people dying here like people die from this and you know the ma maternal mortality rate in this country is like 33 percent, 35 percent, and it's just like that information was there i probably saw that information and just didn't want to you know well, take that also to heart I just, for black yeah. women uh, the mortality exactly. for four or five times women, higher <clears throat> black mothers and and black children being born is much much higher and we still don't really understand why, but I mean, it's there. It's so they're dying from hemorrhages, you know? They're dying from preeclampsia. They're dying from like a bunch of different things. But the fact is that they die in, you know? But the and that's health is they should have the same health care as everyone no, else. That's so true. are they dying because of lack of health care or um, negligence on the part of the doctors? Or is mm -hmm. it something else like a physiological difference, which I don't think so. I think it's health care bias on the, the part of um, health providers or just um, no access to health care. So they get there, they, they think, oh, well, I'm fine. And they go through the whole nine months of pregnancy. They show up in the ER and then mm -hmm. everything goes sideways. Well, here's the anecdote. You know, I'm, I'm in a mostly, I'm a very, I wouldn't call it very rural. Oh, hold on, let me make this work. I would call that rural. <laughs> I well my house is in a rural spot but like the city goes on walks there's goats <laughs> leaping out her goat, like is that sheep. goat or chicken there's a deer there's some squirrel talking crap to me like <laughs> you're like what the hell the crows you know it's cool though I like the nature that's why I'm up here but um the city as it were is you know it's fairly modern you know but it it all it also is in the past like when I go down to LA I could tell that I'm like walking in the future you know they're looking at me like I'm caveman <laughs> my name is Ugg and <laughs> I shut up <laughs> with a cave ball like what's this what? but anyways um we we heard from the staff at the hospital they're like we have never seen a hemorrhage this bad like we train for this kind of thing but we've never seen it and when I looked at the statistics black women are dying at such higher rates than white women and from hemorrhages in particular. And because this is mostly, you know, a majority white community, I'm saying in the upper nineties, maybe like 98% white where I live. Um, that kind of makes me think that like what you were just saying that the disparities in access to care as well as in individual, like, individual outcomes I mean you could go back way 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 back and say like or kind of argue why black people have worse health outcomes but I mean a lot of the contributing factors you could distill down to racism but we were like forced to live on um, polluted land forced to live in polluted areas forced to eat bad food you know like culturally 
we are killing ourselves with stress and all of this stuff that's like a lot of the health outcomes are bad but they've never seen anything like this so i'm like the first black person not probably not that had give birth at the hospital but definitely in a while that they've seen <laughs> at that hospital and they're like and the girl almost died but i didn't die you know and so it's like <laughs> is it the access to care that i had these people were actually training the hospital wasn't overwhelmed it wasn't very full this area is very you know affluent and i think all those things contributed lucky. yeah i think That's all those things was. i was lucky i was lucky. all that i got every shake i won the lottery girl i'm so, so happy to be alive <laughs> i'm like this was not supposed to happen because i was hard-headed i thought i knew everything i came into it foolishly and and, and you know, the angels and my guardian angels has and a the, big round head that never that beat the big, peanuts yeah. head would have <laughs> never passed through those <laughs> and my poor baby too i don't even want to go talk about that too much my poor baby like i hate that i took a risk with her life you know that's so unfair for her oh um, well she's beautiful she is she's the joy of my life but it's just all of those things i feel so grateful and lucky and and that's really important for me to recognize <clears throat> that's the other side of health that i wanted to talk about but it's like when when you're in la you can really see that like stuff is serious you need to be like adaptable flexible and you don't like play around as much but that gives you like more um resilience and self-efficiency and grit and all that stuff and i think you absolutely need that to be healthy but it's not the only factor <clears throat> but it really makes living in places like that so much more energetic and dynamic and i really really like that but i feel like it's bad for my health to be in la i don't i can say that objectively i think right it's like i want to be there so bad but every time i go there i feel myself aging i feel my like the soot from the traffic getting into my pores and the stress and just freaking me out i just get like uh super but, but i think that's part of your mental health is like being in a, a place that's natural and like kind of reaffirms your worth outside of your physical uh your your body your perceived image of yourself like you know you are alive you have people who love you you know the environment is healthy and and refreshing and rejuvenating and and you know you have something to contribute you're like working the land or going on walks or something like that but like you're actually getting feedback from something other than like this media image of what is healthy i think that's really important too that you don't really get in big cities yeah <clears throat> yes i found um just the culture of being beautiful and being young and being thin just really toxic for my mental health for my self-esteem it's it's not something I want to be around or have my kids around even though where we live my kids are still I guess kids all over America and all over the world are subject to feeling inadequate because they see it in um, not so much books and, and magazines cause, mm -hmm. or TV because kids don't even like read magazines anymore like Teen Vogue I got that for my daughter and she was like what is this I'm on TikTok <laughs> mom but still she still gets the message from TikTok that she's not tall enough she's not pretty enough so even though I've moved them away from LA where it's not just about how you look but <clears throat> what you have and you'll never have enough money you'll never have enough things and she's still she's still i don't know insecure about how she looks so i guess you can never really get away from that but well, I, I really didn't like that 
it takes it takes time you know it takes time it takes effort it takes a lot of opportunities to show you that and you know you eventually will learn like like i said i've ascended to this next level of like <laughs> i don't know anything and just part of not knowing things is realizing your perception of things could be wrong and so it's like she'll figure it out it's it's not impossible for her but i think the more positive influences she has and the more thirsty she is for knowledge going with the theme of we know nothing realizing <laughs> that the way that our parents did it and their parents did it is probably not the right way for us to create a future where this isn't going to keep happening like being a perfectionist is a huge cause of stress for me and it yes. actually holds me back and as much as our family was successful i don't think it was because they were stressed out about being the best okay. like we the point that i'm making about perfectionism is that it is an actual part of health and like negative health consequences negative health outcomes right and it's like something to overcome and you're like your daughter is like she's like over she's overcoming it already and you're like no you have to be <laughs> perfect if we live in this capitalist society she's got to eat or i'm gonna mm -hmm. have to sell it to a nigerian for 300 goats if she doesn't get good grades <laughs> <laughs> she needs you're to like, get good grades that's happening <laughs> you're like i could probably get 500 goats <laughs> i know talking about inflation she's got to be worth at least a couple cows goats is the new currency these africans got it right <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> oh, well, let's... did you see the video I sent you of just happy black people living their lives in Africa? Is that what... I wanted to know where they were. Like, I could, I kind of got that they were from Africa, but I was not well, sure. There's no white people there, so unless they're like in Detroit, I thought they were or... in Atlanta. I did not know <laughs> where they were. They were in suits. <laughs> <laughs> like their barbershop quartet. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I want to live there. They'd probably be like, you're too light. You can't come with us. We're in mm. black, black utopia. Mm -hmm. But it looks, oh, they were so, I want to go there. Looks so happy. It does seem nice. I've been hearing lots of good things about Africa lately. Um, but I don't know if it's calling me back or if it's just what I'm like, you know, consuming media wise. That's like Africa, Africa. Because I'm like getting more, more in touch with my African ancestry. You know, I wanted to get my DNA assessed for, you know, my roots in Africa. And because I thought that would be kind of a cool thing to do. I really care about that. And I really liked, as you pointed out, that the website doesn't try to give you percentages. It just traces, you know, your maternal DNA through your mitochondria and then compares it with the DNA samples that they have. Very robust sample set in Africa. And then also tells you like the stories of those people and kind of gets you back in touch with it as a black american i think that's very valuable to me and so it's like maybe What's the i'm name of this company it's I called africanancestry.com it's owned okay. and operated by a black woman doctor and she has a ted talk where she talks about the what is important to me it's like it's our birthright and it was stolen from us as black people in this country and you know I want it back. We're never going to get it com back completely, but I would like to get a little insight on who I am, where I come from, which has a lot to do with my health as well. So maybe I come from a yeah. tribe of women with small pelvises in Africa <laughs> 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 and they don't be having babies. You know, I think that was the other side of it. After I had my beautiful children that I love dearly, I think maybe I was not supposed to have babies. Maybe I was supposed to be a very short Amazonian woman <laughs> just slaying foals. 
That would be, uh, you mean the Congo. Is that? I'm like a pygmy Amazon lady. <laughs> uh, no, no, not like Amazonian from like Brazil. I'm talking about like the <laughs> classical oh, Greek Amazon well, that would women. Be tall, and we are not tall people. I know. I, okay. There could have been a short one. I could be the short version of that. I'm sure they had multiples. We just died sooner than the tall ones because we weren't the as good. The typical variation. I see. I yes. see. Okay. Yes. The shortest. We are still in hiding in the jungle. <laughs> like, Ten feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of physical prowess, we just talk a lot of shit. <laughs> and we oh, slay our gold. Superpower. That's yes. right. <laughs> Get him at the knees. It's mm-hmm. all right. You gotta swipe. That's, that's right. They're like, where's all this shit talking coming from? I don't know. Ooh, arrow in the butt. <laughs> it distracts him. But the uh with all that being said, like the ancestry I think is really important when it comes to talking about like cancer and also i think the other topic we wanted to talk about was like do you want to give your dna to someone as a no citizen of the world right now who's aware of surveillance and surveillance capitalism and what they'll do with your dna once they get it even if they say they destroy it do they what happened to henrietta lacks you know what i'm saying and that was a long time ago so she just dies right of cancer and then john hopkins harvests her cells without telling her family and then realized that her cells are like immortal. They're in, yeah. un, you cannot kill these cells. You can do whatever, you can storm and whatever. And so they create a whole cell line that they can use for different kind of experiments, genetic experiments, um, drug manufacturing things, and make billions of dollars off of this. And her family never knew. And now it's like come to light that this was probably unethical and they should have informed the family but the family also wants money from that because they never gave their consent and which they're entitled to i think but you know they're not going to get any because no. nothing works the way it's supposed to well i think what, what let's give our idea of what should have happened in a perfect world when you die your cells belong to you still i don't know what, i mean what's the point well, okay, i don't so even understand why they felt like they needed to harvest her cells because she had so much cancer like they were trying to study it like i don't understand what happened Okay, so actually, I have a couple things to say um, with regard to black bodies and white people's um, just feel sense of entitlement to black people's bodies. And so just follow me here. Hopefully, I won't lose my train of thought. But remember, um, I sent you a little picture of a woman named, I think she has um, a Dutch name, so it's hard to pronounce, but like an anglicized version is Sarah Bartman. Mm. And she was the hot and taut Venus. And she was a a black woman. I think she was African, actually, who had steatopigia. She had a nice big round bottom, right? Mm. And her breasts kind of like defied gravity. Oh, wow. And so they (laughs) put her on exhibit in, in circuses and they paraded her around basically naked, right? And some have even credited the shape of her body as being the reason why women in the 1800s started wearing bustles. So it looked like they had a butt under their skirts. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I always okay. wonder where that came so, from. But she, she, she didn't really have any agency. She didn't have a choice. They just kind of paraded her around and um, objectified her and dehumanized her. Mm-hmm. But the worst part is, because you're talking about how, why did these, why did John Hopkins feel entitled to in Henrietta Lacks cells after she died? Well, after Sarah Bartman died, they kept her 
body. I don't know if they did like taxidermy on it. They kept her body on display in a museum. And then they cut off her breasts and they cut off her buttocks and her genitalia and kept Mm. those on display after she died. They didn't stop doing this until I believe it was the 1990s. Right. So they didn't ask her family. First of all, they didn't ask her Mm. if, if, um, you know, can we keep your stuff for, um, just even for medical perpetuity. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's that, right. That's one example. Mm. There was something else I wanted to say about Henrietta Lacks, but okay. So when you go donate blood, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're giving it away for free. That's what donate means. Mm -hmm. Do you realize that the blood collection um, companies, basically Red Cross, and there's another one, Carter Blood Care, they process your blood and they sell them for profit to hospitals. Mm -hmm. So even then, you agree to give your stuff away, but you think that you're doing something to help someone and you're doing Mm -hmm. a good deed, but what you're really doing is helping this company make money off of this free product that you're giving them. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's not... it's an issue in the black community where white people feel entitled to our bodies and our labor and everything. But it's also an issue in the healthcare industry and the pharmaceutical industry as well, where they, they do things without compensating um, participants. Like mm-hmm. there's no reason why they couldn't pay you 50 bucks for your blood when they're charging $250 per unit of blood to sell it to a hospital. There is, um, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, uh, capitalism, if you look all the way back and just distill that down to what capitalism really is, it's based on, the. it's like parasitic, it's based on extracting resources for a profit, and it's like, no matter how they do it, either through slave labor, child labor, manipulation, lying, they're harvesting human beings for their value and turning right, around and selling also, it as products. I was going to say, like, bone, bone marrow transfusions or... Yeah. or exchanges you donate that bone marrow but the doctor in the hospital and everyone involved makes so much money off of that and you Mm -hmm. gave it away for free and put your life at risk um we were talking about pharmaceutical companies they do these tests um and they may compensate you maybe fifty dollars maybe a thousand dollars but they make billions of dollars on these uh drugs Mm -hmm. and they're to give you maybe fifty dollars and you might have a an adverse outcome you well, know, so yeah, it's like it goes the whole from thing is messed up. So when you ask what was what rights did she have? What should she have been entitled to? We're talking right. about Henrietta Lacks. Mm-hmm. Even today, I don't know that they would have given her anything different or they should have at least asked her for her permission, but they right. wouldn't have given her any of the profits they would have made from repurposing and commercializing her cells yeah. to sell. But know? knowledge is power. I mean, that's why we're in an age of information. We have to use it to our advantage because you know, they didn't know. We we still don't know, but we're starting to get an idea of how insipid capitalism and how vampiric it can be. But it's like from manufacturing to medicine to technology to, you know, so basically every industry it is manipulating people. It's taking their value. It's taking their labor. It's taking their time. It's taking their data. It's taking their face. And it's turning it into a product that they can sell and they're taking it from us for free and telling us like, oh, well, you're using my platform. So obviously, you know, I'm compensating you in some way, but it's just like for the, for the people, their bodies are being used. It's like, how are we really being compensated? 
And right. should we even be used as a product? I mean, I think these are really important discussions that we can't have if we don't have full disclosure on what's happening to us. And so if right. you want to be safe, you just don't allow your body to be harvested, your data to be harvested. You, you know, you don't buy products that you know are harvesting the time and life of children and slavery. <laughs> but when it comes to my mental health, like I have to push myself to just acknowledge and address these things. If I don't, and the guilt is like all consuming because I know it to be true, but I'm avoiding the reality of it. And that's what causes that perfect mixture of like internal turmoil that I think manifests a lot of disease. And so if you want to look at health in that way, it's like, you got to be open and honest with yourself, allow yourself to feel these things, process these things, understand these things, and not try to like hold yourself to an unrealistic expectation. But at the same time, make changes too. If you don't like yourself, you don't like what you're doing, you have to change it. You can't just keep repeating the behavior because it will kill you, you know, and we need our people to live like these. I don't know how these I would call them capitalists, be nice, sleep at night when they're literally sucking the life out of the whole planet just for, you know, an extra boat, just for a chance to live on the moon or something like that. I don't know. Right. It's well, they are hoping that they can um, create a new world order. This is what I heard. Okay. I don't know if this is true. <laughs> Yay. Conspiracy <laughs> time. I want to hear this. Yes. Okay. But that, um, Elon Musk and who's the other one? Peter Thiel. They're, mm -hmm. you know, they're, I'm not saying they're working together, but the mm -hmm. idea is that eventually when climate change happens and a lot of people die mm. because of lack of resources and just you can't live here anymore. Allegedly. Too high. Allegedly right? said So this. that <laughs> they will have a new world basically like built in their image how they want it to be. They get to be kings. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so they're talking about, okay, they want to start sending people to the moon or they want to send people to Mars. They want to start building like colonies on Mars, but please don't be the dumb dumb who actually gets on that ship and flies to mm -hmm. Mars because let's think about it. Do you have any legal rights when you leave your country? Mm -hmm. What about your legal rights on Mars? Do you become enslaved? How are you supposed to leave again? Yeah, like, how what do if you're like, I don't like it here and I don't want to mine for like metal for your stupid iPhones. I want to leave. And they're like, sorry, kid, you're stuck here. And all your children and all your children's children are going to be my employees. Ooh, that's <laughs> you spooky. Know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't don't think about that. Don't get on that, that plane. Don't get on it, that spaceship. How do inalienable rights work when you're an alien? I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, well, that's like what that reminds to me. Indentured servants that who reminds left me of, Europe and came here. The, the, remember that book um, by H.G. Wells, The Time Machine, that got turned into a movie because I didn't I read the book. Love, that love got turned into a movie that. with Guy Pierce, yes. which I loved. I feel oh. like that is the number one argument that we do not go to Mars or any other planet because. We've got so much going on on this planet. Like, do you want to export that to another planet? Like, look what happened in the he future. Go we went to, to the, the moon. moon. In the future, we went to the moon. Oh, okay. Wrapped yeah. it in half. <laughs> it fell down, ruined the whole planet. <laughs> and then now people are living on the earth as like two separate species, one like giant underground. Or like three separate species. Three separate. Okay, so one is like the the super white people. I don't know if that was like, intentional to like make them super pale and white 
because they never leave underground they're almost like translucent but that was like they're actually white you know what i mean they weren't translucent they were white you know and they had that like bulgy brain kind of neck thing going on and so it's like they ran everything and then i was like why couldn't they be like red or like some different earthy color like covered in mud i don't know but then there's the people black melanin completely yeah they should have been they should have been fluorescent you know they should have been glowing or something but yeah like bioluminescent yeah but anyways and then there's the people that got turned into like the weird large rabbit creatures like some of them could hear some of them had really big eyes so they could see and the other ones were just like super muscly and they grabbed oh, people they were up. like ape-like yeah yeah and then the people on earth on the surface the morlocks i think they were they were like no the morlocks are the bad the, the like, ape people okay well those people who lived on the surface they were all young and good looking and great shape and like were taking care of living in this kind of eden as it were because they were cattle for these morlocks living underground okay don't go to mars (laughs) that's what's gonna happen you're gonna become food for the people you know who are running things if things go bad i hear you on that and yes uh, that's what capitalism is like. But even when COVID, you die, wait, COVID wait, let me is just like say one more thing. when they die. When you when you die on Mars, they're gonna grind up your body and turn into a protein shake Soil to feed to the rest of the yes, people. to feed to the rest of the slaves and be like, oh, this is just I don't know. Ooh, but like in Cloud Atlas too. Did you did you yes, read Cloud Atlas? Oh that from, gosh, yes, uh, that's what I got. There. <laughs> I should read Soil and Green too, but you know, it's we the need same to kind fix of idea. This planet, do not leave. Do not be talked into mm-hmm. that garbage. Don't mm-hmm. go with Elon Musk to Mars because he's going to use you as slave labor and not even feel bad about it. But that's mm-hmm. the thing about COVID nineteen, and I agree with you. Like this techno dystopia that they're trying to build, they're like, yeah, all of this destruction and laid waste. Because it's like uh, disaster capitalism. They're like, oh, we could just reinvent ourselves as whatever we see fit because we are all-knowing gods and that's what we do. It's like, right. um, I actually don't want that. I don't want to be, you know, barcoded and scanned in. And I feel like the reason why nothing is getting done, and probably I feel like this because this has always been the reason why people of our community have been abandoned and laid waste. It's like, it's intentional. They Once they use you up, they they cast you out they don't care if you die and so they're like yeah maybe wear a mask maybe don't who cares whatever it's like because we don't really need you we're just trying to find ways to get rid of you they want the world to be destroyed allegedly they want the world to be destroyed um by climate change and all that stuff because they've they've shored up their communities just fine and so if the whole world dies it's perfect for them i don't know if it's new world order but i feel like if that's not an argument for Medicare for all and then voting for Bernie Sanders in 2020, I'm still voting for you, Bernie. Uh, right. I don't know one because we cannot let these people win. We can't let these people kind of dictate the conversation and tell us this is good for you. Dying from COVID is good for you. Uh, you know, letting us control your lives through technology is good for you. Like letting us be in charge when we don't know a damn thing. I don't know what Elon Musk's credentials are, but he's got way too much power. Right. And I'm like, the people need to take the power back and Medicare for all is a good idea. It's a good peaceful way to start. But if we can't get Bernie and we can't get Medicare for all, then, you know, maybe stop buying their products maybe stop using the you know the iphone so much i don't know i think it's uh, it's a personal thing it's on every individual including black people and i'm i'm gonna say this to every single person 
that we need to start taking care of our own health and we need to start looking at ourselves. And I know a lot of people say that, but I'm trying to impress upon you the seriousness of actually finding things out for yourself. I can't say yes. how frustrating it is now that I've gone through it myself. When I hear people say like, oh, well, it's not that big a deal because of the things that I read on my Facebook page or whatever. And it's like, no, your health is serious. The health of other people is serious. It's all connected together. And if you are not paying attention, if you're not actually looking at the information yourself and you're not informing yourself, then you are hurting the entire community, including yourself. And Well, I think it also has to do with intellectual curiosity and as I do get older, I think that some people just don't have intellectual curiosity. They don't want to do the extra work to investigate and but find out the truth. They so want much. to be spoon fed because they're tired. But there's and so, so much information out there. That's why, I mean, starting from the beginning, that was exactly what got me. I love to read. I love to seek out information, but I wanted to seek out the information that reaffirmed my position on health because but, I could, okay, I was rewrite. so, I have my own biases you are aware of women dying in childbirth no i am the entire so why did you think that you were special i don't understand because i have a bias against uh western allopathic medicine because of our mother dying from cancer and really relying on these doctors to care for her and every single opportunity they had they mistreated her and I am traumatized by that. And so I'm like, I will do whatever it takes to stay out of the hospital. I hate going to the hospital. I do not like doctors very much. So I threw caution to the wind and said, you know what, let's just, you know, let these folk practitioners and midwives and, you know, healers do the work because obviously the information that I'm choosing to consume is telling me that's gonna work out for me. But that's because I wanted to believe it. I put so much power into that, that I almost died and that is not right. You know, it's like there's problems everywhere and there's solutions to these problems, but it, until we start looking at the reality of the problem, which is that so many people are afraid and so many people are hurt and so many people are grieving and stressed constantly, we're never going to get people on board with dealing with the facts. You know, we got to get people's energy levels back down. To we can't a calm even agree state. on the facts. That's we the could, issue. if people were calm, you know, if people were well, we could agree on facts, but people are not well. So we have to start dealing with the reality on the ground, which is that people are not well. And even if you could give them, spoon feed them the facts, like with the COVID thing, the facts mm -hmm. are if you wear a mask, you'll slow down the rate of transmission. They're like, well, they said that once, but now they're not saying it. Or they're like, you know, they're, they're choosing to not believe it if they don't want to. And so, like, we got to get people to a place where they can receive oh, information. Oh, I feel like this is relevant because, Riri, we had a conversation about vaccination and being um, not, in, not forced, but definitely pressured to vaccinate your children. And I remember you saying that you don't think people should be... Um, Obligated yeah, there should be a mandatory to, to va vaccinate. Obviously, they're not going to hold you down to vaccinate your kids, but I hope that, like, maybe you can see the connection or the similarity between a situation where you say that children need to be vaccinated and you have to have a really good reason to opt out of that because our, we're responsible for the collective um, health of the community. And now we've got COVID and there's people saying, I don't want to wear masks because it's my body and I decide what I do with it. But they are the ones who are 
making this uh, disease last longer. They're prolonging this uh, pandemic because they refuse to wear masks. The same thing with measles coming back as an issue because people don't want to vaccinate their kids. I hope that maybe your opinion on that has changed a little bit. I'm I'm not saying that people should be held down and forced to take something in their body well but we should be pressuring people to vaccinate their kids for the same reason why we should pressure them to wear masks during this pandemic let me let me respond to that first with a joke because i saw this i think it was on black people twitter which is a reddit subreddit um someone posted this they're like what happened to all those anti-vax people now during covid and someone replied girl they did And that's so relevant to me because I'm like, shoot, that one's going to be me. This literal, my, I just gave birth six months ago. It was just like right before the COVID thing happened. I'm like, I would have been dead. <laughs> I'm this anti-vaxxer person. But I'm not anti-vaccination. Yeah. Let me just say that because my kids are vaccinated. But mm-hmm. that's because I felt that it was important to vaccinate my kids. But I also feel that it's the burden is on the medical institutions and public health institutions to convince people that it's important, like they're trying to do with the mask. It is a more difficult job, especially now with COVID-19, like revealing how unwilling a lot of people are um, to take public health very seriously. I see that. I can see that. But I feel, and not to say that they were Managed, like forcibly vaccinating people because they haven't they haven't done that but they are also saying that like you're not you won't be um you won't have access to public resources if you're not vaccinating right i felt that that was wrong because it does more harm than good and i felt that same thing with the masks if people do not want to vaccinate their kids they should not be isolated from the public they should be further encouraged at every turn to vaccinate or wear masks. Like the businesses in particular are being held account accountable at this point to enforce the mask um, the mask rule in this state. And so they're like, if you, if the police don't want to enforce it, because they're like, it's not a crime. I'm not going to enforce it if it wouldn't be a crime otherwise, which I also take issue with. But um, they're saying the businesses have to be the ones to enforce it if they well, don't did want you it, see if they the don't lady want it who got kicked out of Trader Joe's for not wearing a mask do you oh, think I've, they should I love the I love those videos can I just say that I love watching <laughs> I don't know I don't claim her <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I love seeing people get kicked out of things no but um let's see now How I lost the train different? of thought the, How is that lady getting kicked out of Trader Joe's different no but this is okay so don't vaccinate their kids that's my point my, that's school. my point this is my point my point is these are private businesses and these private businesses are enforcing the rules and it's making people take it more seriously because it's affecting them in their personal lives where it's like when it comes to their kids it's like the kids are the ones who really suffer for not getting to go to school the parents who can afford it, they just send their kids to a private business who's like, I'm fine with it if you want to send your kids here. But the kids who can't do that are the ones who are like being homeschooled or whatever because their parents aren't convinced that this is a good thing for them. What I'm saying is you're causing a disparity and that's what they need to address. I'm not saying don't get vaccinated. I want kids to get vaccinated. But I want also people to be convinced that the medicine is sound and if, and I did my own research again, and I have these conversations. A lot of my friends don't vaccinate their kids for this reason. I'm like, the information's out there. You just got to look for it. 
And when I find it myself, I take it upon myself to show them like, look, this particular vaccine has been around since the 1960s. They've tested it. This is not like new thing. So this whole concern that like people don't know what it's for, it's from the cells of like a dead monkey or something like that. Like you have to kind of get them on board with it. And a lot of medical institutions have made great websites, but I feel like this misinformation online is the culprit. So it's like, let's focus on dealing with that as opposed to mandating people vaccinate their kids. Cause it's very personal to, I just got my daughter vaccinated again with the Tdap and it's like very hard and personal to watch your kids go through something and then add on top of that the fear and anxiety that you might be doing further harm to them. It's like you can't force people to go through that. However, masks are different in a way because one, it's a personal thing that you do to yourself. You know, you're like, I'm wearing a mask. It hurts people if you don't wear a mask, but then it's easy to just like, oh, I would brush it off because I'm not hurting anybody, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you can shame them into wearing a mask. When it comes to your child, it's much harder to shame someone into doing something that they perceive will hurt their children. I'm just saying. that's Okay, so your cognitive dissonance is really disappointing. It's not dissonance! Yes, let me just explain why. Okay, Okay, but we got to wrap this up, though, at some point. Yes, okay, but to say that putting your child um, through the stress of getting a shot is worse than watching your child die of the measles. I think that is similar to saying that you wanted to have a home birth and you didn't realize the consequences of having a home birth could end up in your death. It's like, so I, I'm trying to okay, point that that's out not, so you that's can not, see the not, difference. That's what's happening. That's you're not exactly that, what I meant, but I but what I meant similar. was like if you you're afraid if you're afraid that the vaccine will kill your child or cause brain damage, which is what a lot of these vaccinate anti-vaxxers are afraid of, then Why you're not going to be afraid of a, a disease like measles. But they're afraid of brain damage because they somehow think that measles aren't going to affect them. I, what I'm trying to explain to you is that it's a different type of mentality when you are afraid that you're going to hurt your child and you're like and you don't trust the medical institutions because there are a lot of valid arguments that they're making like okay why are they immune from prosecution if something happens to my kid or you know like that kind of stuff or like how come they're using these chemicals to preserve the vaccines instead of stuff that has been tested and proved to not be harmful it's like all of that is a conversation that needs to be had those issues need to be addressed they can't be brushed off because clearly every time they bring something up like that and you don't address it, you're not going to be able to convince them. But what I'm saying is it's not watching your kids go through vaccinations because it is hard. But if you think that it's going to help them, you're like, I'm fine with this. Like, I will do this. I right. do it myself for my own children. But if you thought that this was going to cause brain damage and you're like being compelled to do it, it's so it's it's so painful and it's so, I don't know, repulsive as a parent to even imagine. And that's why I was like, I'm going to have a home birth because of the information that the home birth movement gives you about hospitals and the way they treat you at the hospitals, where they try to trick you into having C-sections and how they don't care about your outcome. It's all about profit and this and that. Now it hurts your baby to not be able to pass through your, you know, your cervix because of like all the, uh, probiotic stuff in there, you know, like all that stuff, you know, it's like, I'm hurting my baby by going to the hospital. When they get that into your mind, oh, I'm hurting my baby. It has a kind of instinctual reaction that you're like, I'm going to avoid it at all costs. 
Like I'm not going to. But so now that you realize that was misinformation. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is also, so don't you think that people should be obligated, not forced, but obligated to reduce community infections? I don't think so. I don't doing that with with COVID-19, same thing with vaccinations. If you don't have to have one, but if you choose not to get your children vaccinated, you cannot be, you cannot expose other people to the possibility of them having measles or anything else like polio. You can't, it's not safe for the community because people will die. Just like we've seen with COVID-19, people are dying because people are too irresponsible to wear masks. People also die because people are too afraid, maybe, or have misinformation and they don't vaccinate their children. So I do think that the same obligation applies in both cases. I don't think you're wrong about the same obligation there, but I do think that the point is different when it's your children. If it's you, you could be callous with your health and you could be callous with other people's health. And that's why it's important to impress upon people that they need to wear a mask, whether it be through enforcement at businesses or enforcement in public places, because it's the individual and they have no excuse to doing it because it doesn't hurt them. It's obviously not the same thing as injecting something in your body. And if it does hurt them, then they are a special case and they need to stay the ass at home, which leads me to my other point with the vaccines. It's like, I don't think it should be an obligation to receive public resources because you have to pay taxes. And so now you're creating this second class of people who are paying taxes, are citizens, but not receiving any public resources. And I'm gonna say this one more time. I don't disagree with you, but I feel this particular method of encouraging people to get vaccinations is wrong. I don't think this is the right way to go about it. I think getting people vaccinated is a good thing. But I think mandating it and then by and, for, and obligating people or punishing people for not doing it by removing them from the public sphere and not giving them any access to public resources is the wrong way to do it. I feel that it could be more ways of, of doing it. Removing them from the public sphere is to keep them and their germs at home. Do you understand what I'm trying yeah, to say? So you don't expose other people. They I made mean, their choice and that's fine. But you this can't is, have them outside spreading these germs. But this is a different situation. Again, it's a, someone's child. They're going to have a more emotional reaction to it. You need to be in convincing them that this is important for them to do. And if they are not convinced, you have to keep working at convincing them. It's not that these mothers can't be convinced. These mothers who choose to not vaccinate their children aren't just assholes who don't want to wear masks. And I think there's a, a strong I distinction a to be similarity. made. There's not. These people who don't want to wear masks, it's more of a political thing to them. I know there's people who are anti-vaxxers who are, are like also the political side, but I'm saying for the mothers that I know who are not vaccinating their children, it's not just to make a political point and say like, no, I don't have to do that because Donald Trump says there's, you know, I can put chlorine in my bloodstreams and that'll be fine. <laughs> These people are afraid. And you're not bringing them back into the fold by forcing them to do something that they're afraid of doing. And I don't think that that's right. I think that we need to keep working at reaching out to these people and bringing them into the fold and getting them convinced and their children safe. Because if we're not taking their children away from them, we're still exposing these people and their children to harm. And that hurts everybody. And I don't think that just saying, well, either you're going to do it or you're not, 
you know, you either going to do it or you're going to be cast to the wind is not the right way to take care of people. It's not the right way to convince people and we could do better. We need to do more for them. We can't just force them to do it or say, well, then you're not part of society anymore because then we'll, well have these kind of bubbles. That point. However, when it comes to spreading disease, the only way to prevent spreading is to quarantine. But if and you if get they these people, are going to spread disease, they need to be kept away from society. So it's a choice they're going to have to but make. The, but I will agree with you that we need to maintain regulations on the production of vaccines and make sure that they're being produced in a mm-hmm. safe and ethical way without contaminants. That's absolutely valid. Right. And but I can the conversation that they will have with you, I feel like is a conversation that we should be having as um, consumers of healthcare. Like we should be able to, there should be more transparency. I mean, again, it's like, this is what Medicare for all should be about. Like all of these reforms should be about this. But what I'm going to say again is like, if we segregate and isolate these people, we're not going to get rid of the disease. When we don't get people to get vaccinated, the disease survives. We need to get people vaccinated, but we can't force people to get vaccinated if they're afraid. They're not gonna do it. They're gonna hide from it and they're gonna try to protect their children. So we need to find new ways of convincing people that this is good for them. Okay, I agree with that. That's my whole point. That was the whole point I was making in the first place. I think that I'm glad that you conceded. I'm just gonna leave it at that then. (laughs) I'm glad (laughs) that you agree with that because that's just my point. I want to convince more people because I've, and I wanna leave it at this because I think this is really important. I think that, we really are doing ourselves a lot of harm by not talking to our friends and our neighbors and people in our community about what's really going on in our lives, like health-wise. I know it's like a common, um, a common thing for in the past, past generation, older generations, to never talk about health and to never talk about what they've gone through personally. It's like you always kept quiet. I think that's why they called the silent generation the silent generation because they went through a lot and they never talked about it with their kids. And that information is valuable. That is the real information that convinces people. And we need to keep this conversation going because all of the like minutia about regulations and how it's manufactured and all that stuff is important, but it's not as impactful as someone telling you, hey, this is what happened to me. I went through this and it's really, really important that you consider what Girl, I'm saying. I did tell you. I'm telling I you now you. that I appreciate I, it. I'm trying to press, like, send that message out because you, you told me I didn't want to listen. And but now I know. And I'm trying yes, to say, exactly. I think that was, but that was the thing. When you try to tell other people. You got to keep having that conversation <laughs> because that was the thing that I thought of <laughs> immediately when it happened. Immediately I thought of you. I was like, my sister is going to say, I told you, I told you. <laughs> Riri, I told you I, that happened. I, I was like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say I told her so while she's to. laid up in the hospital. I know you, you did. tried to wait a couple months. <laughs> but you did tell me. And I thought of it while it was happening. I was like, my sister told me not to do this. And I think it was right. You know, and so it's like, that really gets to you people. <laughs> stubborn people, you know, even I stubborn so people. I'm so glad you're okay. The more pe- thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be alive. But that's what I'm saying. The more people in your life that are telling you these things and talking about their health and talking about what their experiences are, the more people will start to believe and appreciate the the seriousness of all of this. Like, and even the mask things. Like, we have family members who don't want to wear masks. We have to keep calling them out. Hey, you need to put a mask on. You don't. You want to see your grandkids? You better put a mask on. You want to hang out with me? You better put a mask on. Like, it's every single person's responsibility to check for everybody else. And I'll leave it at that.
Okay. Well, it was really great having this conversation. I hope everyone <laughs> else enjoyed it too. Come back next week. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button. Hey, hey. All right. Smash that like. Oh yeah, we're on Instagram. I'm on it. We're on Instagram now. Maybe on Twitter. I don't know. I'm Can you to- say like a little bit of meditation to take us out? Because you know how we do get all insensical. Mm-hmm. I do, gotta, right? Like, leave on good vibes. I mean okay. my favorite part. Because yes. <laughs> you know that thing I started with about breathing and compassion for yourself. Yeah. <sighs> I don't think I breathed most of this conversation that we have (laughs) because I was taking all of the pain that I have and I was, you know, keeping it in my body. And so I'm going to leave us with that. I'm going to say, take a breath in, a deep breath in and have compassion for yourself and remind yourself that it's okay, that this is hard and you're not alone and breathe out. And let that breath out be compassion and love for other people. And so you can wrap them in the love that surrounds you at all times and is accessible in every breath. (sighs) Maybe get a little peace because we all need it. That's true. Amen. Thank you, sister. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. (laughs) All right. Well, I love you. Thank you for listening. I love love you. you too listeners and be well everyone